Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Poo 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 podcast. This is Lisa Mayer, the Maine Rebbitson, and this episode, well, it kind of tells you what I did for love in honor of Valentine's Day. Belly up. Despite the torture I inflicted on every babysitter my mother hired, why can't an eight-year-old stay home alone with her four-year-old sister? My parents managed to go out every Saturday night to the movies and then to Shimon's Kosher Pizza Place or to Queens College where my father was a math professor and whose Colden Auditorium had great concert artists like Itzhak Perlman and Murray Pariah. Sometimes their synagogue, the Young Israel of Hillcrest, had a social night, and back then, even in Orthodox synagogues, women wore hot pink or peacock blue silk sleeveless dresses with low decolletage and long gloves, and as soon as the rabbi headed for the door, the band swung into a waltz. My parents were, and are, affable, smart, and game, and although they had lots of couple friends in the neighborhood, they mostly went out with my Aunt Jenny and Uncle Max. It was a few years later when my Aunt Jenny, my father's older sister, and my absolute idol of whirling dervish womanhood first mentioned the Café Baba. Apparently, it was a few neighborhoods away. It was kosher, and it was a nightclub. Ooh, a nightclub. And not just a nightclub, a nightclub with a belly dancer. The night they went, the four of them, I waited up and waited up until they finally came back to our kitchen for a nightcap of red rose tea and Entenmann's. I was relentless with questions. What did the belly dancer look like? What did she wear? Did she dance near you? How near? I had recently found my secret garden by Nancy Friday in my friend's parents' basement, and my 11-year-old hormones had been activated. The Café Baba was absolutely the most risque place I'd ever heard about. I was desperate to go. And then, a miracle. It was Bubby Weintraub's birthday, and she wanted to go all out with the ganze mishpacha, the whole family, to a fancy place, a place where you could wear your minic coat to, a special plots that she had been hearing about every day on the Jewish radio station, W-E-V-D, a place called... The Café Baba. I was in. My sister and I dressed fancy, the best of the junior teen department at Alexander's. My mother wore a champagne jumpsuit and Aunt, Je Aunt Jenny blue silk and a glamorous blonde fall. Bubby wore her minic coat. The place was a storefront, but once you got inside, you parted the curtain and everything was dark and exciting. I remember waiting forever through the steak and Israeli salad for the belly dancer. Apparently, she was dessert. Finally, a drum roll. A beaded curtain parted, and there she was. She wore many red feathers on her head, and not too many red feathers on the rest of her. She flipped her impossibly long black hair all around and wrapped herself in a red see-through veil. Then her hips danced directly over to Uncle Max, who tried to tuck a $50 into the low waistband of her skirt while she undulated and made it hard for him to tip her. Meantime, my little sister Dina and I could not stop giggling. 
Years and years later, when I was married and we had a best friend couple of our own, we had a thing that each of us got to pick where we wanted to go for our birthdays, and the other three couldn't complain. I picked the Café Baba. I remember that night, in addition to the belly dancer, there were a pair of costume dancers direct from Vegas who contorted themselves into unutterable positions. My friend, quite the blonde goddess herself, kept marveling how they slapped themselves together and held on. Her husband and my husband tipped the belly dancer well and often. I didn't hear much about the Café Baba after that. The rabbis in New York were making everyone more religious, and women had no patience with feathers. It was the 80s. They were wearing power suits with shoulder pads. But I remember the look in my husband's eye that night, and I decided what I was going to do for his 30th birthday, only five months away. At the time, my advertising agency was on Madison Avenue across the street from St. Patrick's Cathedral. My window looked over Leona Helmsley's Palace Hotel. As a creative copywriter, I had a two-hour lunch. Shoshana's Belly Dancing Studio was across town on 8th Avenue, $8 a class, new session, starting Wednesday at 12.30. There were about six of us in the small mirrored studio waiting for class to start. From the beautiful and leggy looks of everybody, I realized I was the only non-professional dancer. But then... A beaded curtain parted, and there was Shoshana. She floated into the room in sparkling blue, a figurehead on a ship, her veil like a sail behind her. Her impossibly long black hair glistened in waves. Her smile lit you up. Her breasts were pure womanhood, honeydew round. Her hips curved from a tiny waist, her belly button like the end of an exclamation point. And then she started to dance. We were transfixed, even the leggy prose. This was otherworldly. This was ancient. This was biblical. When she came to a stop, the silver coins on her belt shaking their last sighs, we burst into applause. Well, maybe it was only me, but I had never seen such perfection. She showed us how to imagine a figure eight written on its side on the floor beneath our feet. She showed us how to move our hips, tracing the figure eight each time the same way. After a few times, I risked a glance in the mirror. I hoped it would look better in costume. Over the next four Wednesdays, we learned how to walk while still making figure eights and how to turn around slowly, all the while keeping your smoky eyes on your audience. Then I found out I had to go to Las Vegas for a business trip. The account I worked on was the GTE Yellow Pages. This was way, way pre-Google. I was going to interview a guy whose business did very well from advertising with GTE. But the trip had me in Vegas on a Wednesday. I didn't want to lose my mojo. And then I realized the client was the freaking Yellow Pages. When I got to the hotel, a local Yellow Pages waited for me, flip, 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 and there it was, Vegas Sensations Dance Studio, classes every day. I called. I booked a private lesson. And before I met my client for dinner, his successful business was called Tonerland. He sold toner for copiers and printers and actually spoke in a monotone, although he did pick me up in a Jaguar. I taxied over to the dance studio. 
My teacher was an actual Vegas showgirl who wore feathers professionally, and it was a fun lesson. But she had nothing on Shoshana. Next week, I was back, and Shoshana showed us the camel and the reverse camel. It's kind of a vertical belly shrug. The camel starts with your belly sticking out, and then your breasts follow the belly, and then your neck and head follows the breasts. The reverse camel starts with your butt sticking out and everything else following. They are very effective moves. You could do them fast or slow, and it looks fabulous if you do them while you're turning around. When Shoshana did the camel, it looked like her parts were disconnected in the best possible way. At this point, I had been at this maybe total secret five months. My husband's birthday was approaching, and I asked Shoshana if she knew where I could buy a belly dancing outfit and if she could choreograph a special short dance for me to delight my birthday boy. Apparently, the studio also had a small store, and she opened it for me after the lesson. If you've ever been to the Arab Shuk in Jerusalem, you know what it looked like. Silky caftans and brass teapots and hookah pipes. And there was a small but dizzying selection of colorful costumes with skirts that slit all the way up both legs, see-through veils, and jingly-jangly belly-dancing belts with matching headpieces made of silver and gold coins. Of course I went all out. The next week, we had a private lesson, and she showed me what she had choreographed. She told me to have my husband sit in a chair in the middle of the room so I could dance around him. I played the part of my husband for the tutorial, and as I watched her get closer and closer to my chair, I knew that if I could do it even one-tenth as well as Shoshana, we were going to be in for a wild night. On the day of my husband's birthday in the late afternoon, I brought our little son for an overnight with Grandma Rita and Grandpa Sal. Our best friend Forsum went out for dinner at our favorite Italian restaurant, the cake, the singing of happy birthday, yada yada. I was hot with impatience and cold with panic. In the ladies' room, I told my friend, the wife, what I was planning. She could see how nervous I was, and her goggle-eyed comments like, you are a crazy woman, and my husband is going to be so jealous, didn't help. She did, however, kindly manage to get her big talker husband out of the restaurant and into their car in record time. She glanced back at me for one more shake of her head. My husband and I got back to our apartment, and I thought, okay, showtime. I have a kind of present for you, I said, shoving him into the big upholstered chair that I dragged into the middle of the living room. Um, I'm going to the bedroom for a second. When I tell you, press the play button on the stereo cassette player. Then go back and sit in the chair. I lowered the halogen lamp to barely. Oh boy, he said. I went into the bedroom and took the costume out of the back of my closet. I tried to keep the jingly-jangly coins quiet as I fastened it over the black swishy skirt. The black bra pumped me up to, if not quite honeydew, then a respectable cantaloupe. The headpiece came down perfectly to right between my eyes. I spent one minute redoing my smoky eyeliner. I grabbed the veil and called out to the living room. Please press the button now. Shoshana had even made the cassette tape for me. When I heard the opening notes like little bells, I walked out 
strong and determined, my arms high on either side, holding the sparkly black veil up like wings. I stopped about five feet in front of him. I looked directly into his eyes, which bulged with shock. Then I lowered my head and wrapped myself, veiled myself in the sparkly blackness and posed totally still. My husband was still too. And then the music really started up and so did I. I slowly released myself from the veil. My hips started to move in a figure eight and I heard him draw in his breath. I turned towards him slowly, slowly, cameling, reverse cameling, my smoky eyes fixed on him. I got nearer and nearer. I danced on one side of him, slowly and steadily coming around to the other, silver coins jingled jangling. Then, as the music swelled, I leaned in for an all-or-nothing shimmy shake and teased him with the barest touch of my veil. Let's just say, when the music stopped, the sultan was chasing Scheherazade all around the apartment. For years and years afterwards, almost any kind of music turned on my Shoshana switch. I would be a guest at a wedding, the band would start and my hips would start, and all the men would start coming over asking me to dance. And after that, the ladies would come and ask me to show them a few moves. It was a little weird, but ancient power is ancient power. Now it's years and years after that, and stuck in the house like everyone else because of this farcacta awful COVID, I decided to clean out my closet. The black sparkly veil has a little tear, and frankly, if I even wanted to try the jingly jangly belt on, I would have to add quite a few extra silver coins. I guess I could give it all to my little daughter as a costume for Halloween. No, she'll probably giggle. No, I'm going to keep it. I folded it up and put it back. Why? I don't know. I can't even explain it to myself. I've had poo-poo-poo so far a successful woman's life, wifehood, now wifehood again, a glorious ongoing motherhood, a fancy career in advertising. I traveled around the world playing music, my face was on posters, I owned a creative summer camp, did some fundraising, and now I'm a published writer, a teacher, and a quasi-respectable Rebbitzin, a rabbi's wife. But those are the highlights. If you add up most days, most of our lives are about schlepping a zillion bags of groceries, cooking a zillion dinners, putting in and taking out a zillion dishes from the dishwasher, and doing a zillion piles of laundry, helping with a zillion hours of homework and book reports, cleaning out a zillion pounds of kitty litter. So, I ask you, so what if once in a while I like to peek at that jingle jangle in the back of my closet? So what if... Once in a while, I try a little figure eight. So what if I think, okay, maybe not so much anymore, but yeah, I used to be dessert. Yeah, once for a little while, I could shimmy shake and make them all crazy. <laughs>